Today, I am continuing my Thankful Thursday podcasts by talking about something that I am hugely thankful for, and that's D&D. And I mean D&D. I mean AD&D. I mean D&D. I'm going to be talking about both old school Dungeons and Dragons and other role playing games on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love, and I'm sorry for the giggling, but this is the first time I've ever done a podcast with a uh, kitten on my shoulder, because she's very insistent that she deserves to be on my shoulder right now, and who am I to argue against the cuteness of McGonagall? So, if you hear me, ow, or... Anything like that, or if you hear her purring or meowing, that that's why. She she really wants to be up on my shoulder right now, and so she is. And yay, that's going to be fun. And yeah, today we're going to be talking about role-playing games, specifically Advanced Dungeons & Dragons from back in the day. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community, the better chance the better chance we actually get to communicate with each other. And who knows, maybe you'll talk to me with a kitten on your shoulder too. Because that's why I do this in the first place. Isn't that right, McGonagall? Yeah. Alrighty. Sorry, I'm going to try to hold myself together because I need to get this recorded and she is very insistent right now. Alrighty, so yeah, D&D is something that is so important to me, and by that I, I mean role-playing games, but AD&D in particular. That's why that kind of weird intro that I did for the show, because if it wasn't for Advanced Dungeons & Dragons back in the day, because I'm old, I probably never would have gotten into role-playing, and I got in through the side door, and I have loved being here ever since. It is one of my favorite pastimes. It is something that I enjoy doing. Unfortunately, I don't get to play all that much anymore because, you know, when you're a writer, people want you to run the games. And so I spend all week coming up with stories to write and my off time coming up with stories for other people to play through because I can't catch, catch a break. But yeah, that's my life. But I'm very thankful that I discovered this hobby, and I think everybody should play at least one role-playing game in their life, if especially just to see if they can catch the hook, because, oh my goodness, it is such a brilliant thing to do. So I've talked about this some on the podcast in the past, but I got into Dungeons & Dragons in about 1983, I think it was, 1983, 84, when... Somewhere in there. It was before 85. And I know that for a fact because we moved to Maryland in 85. And I already had gotten into D&D before that. So, somewhere in there. Um, but we were I know where we were living, so it had to be 83 or 84. Um, my sister happened to see 
a book called The Monster Manual. And she knew that I loved myths and legends and all manner of, you know, exotic critters. And she bought me the book. And I don't know that she knew at the time that it was part of a game. I think that she just saw dragons and sphinxes and whatnot and went, my little brother will love this. Because at the time I was her little brother. And picked me up that book. And it's one of those things that it changed my life. Because I knew about the Greek myths that were present in the books of Greek myths that I had. But it exposed me to other critters from other mythologies and really opened my mind. And I didn't understand when I first got it why it had all these numbers in it. Like, it took me a little bit to understand why the numbers were there and what the numbers actually meant. And that wasn't actually until we moved to Maryland when I realized, oh my goodness, this is a game. That makes so much more sense. And hunted down and got a copy of I I bought all three at the same time. It was the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Player's Handbook, and um Unearthed Arcanum. Because I played first edition. And I fell in love with the idea of this. It was a it was a game where you created a character and played through a story. I, I can't quite express how revolutionary that was to my young mind this idea that me and my friends could hang out and make up our own stories because you have to remember this is before this is before i had started reading Anne mccaffrey who i talked about last week who gave me my love of reading and kind of started me on that path of understanding that maybe i could write books too yeah this was before that and all of a sudden there was this idea that i could make up stories and we could play through them and i started asking my friends if they wanted to play and we started playing and that's shortly thereafter i discovered the forgotten realms and i discovered dragonlance and then i found out there were a whole series of dragonlance books and so this of course being after the Anne mccaffrey thing read through all of the dragonlance books because of course i read through all the dragonlance books and i fell in love with it it was something that was really cool that my friends and i could do and i when i say really cool yeah it wasn't cool like people who found out that you played Dungeons and Dragons, they really made fun of you. Because, yeah, they really made fun of you. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that's changed. That probably hasn't changed because, you know, kids will be kids. But it was really cool because it gave us something to do that, yeah, we had our Nintendos and we had our Segas and whatever, because those were the video game consoles of the day. But it was so much more fun to play through these worlds that we were creating with these original characters that we had come up with and to tell these stories and to just have fun and hang out and just, yeah, there's a reason why Stranger Things really means a lot to me because that kind of was my childhood in a lot of ways, like me and my friends sitting around playing D&D, &D, often in a friend of mine's parents' basement. Yeah, that, 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 that was my childhood. And it was such a good thing to do. Now, I could go through all of the studies and whatnot that have shown that role-playing helps you with creativity and lateral thinking and is a good vehicle for getting people over their shyness, because as I've discussed on the show before, I, I, I have a hard time making friends. And 
over the years with the various games that I've played, be it Dungeons and Dragons or Vampire the Masquerade or um, Werewolf the Apocalypse or I'm just going to say any of the White Wolf games because I've played pretty much all of them or Earth Dawn or Shadowrun or what have you, playing those games became a wonderful way for me as a very shy person who doesn't like interacting with people face-to-face, who gets very socially awkward and blah, 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 to actually meet people. And most of the friends that I've made over the years, I made through these games. Some of the closest friends that I have to this day, I met a long time ago while playing in a, a, a facet track game, which was an awesome game. If you like ship-to-ship combat, it was so much fun. But it really did help me out. And so I don't really want to go into the studies. Like, they exist if you want to go look look at them. But I can tell you from personal experience, and that's one of the things that I'm very thankful for, is it taught me that it's okay to make friends. It's okay to make mistakes because everything's up to the luck of the dice. And that, in a lot of ways, is one of the most important things that you can learn from a, from one of these games. I mean, b- besides, you know, it's not all about the fighting, and it's not all about being the best, because we're only going to survive this if we're in it together. We have to work as a team. And while I know that they say competitive sports are good for developing teamwork, they're also good for teaching rivalry. And I don't think that rivalry is a important or necessary thing to teach people. Hey, we're going to arbitrarily say these other people are bad because reasons. And actually treat those real life people as bad because of arbitrary factors because reasons. But in role playing, we know that it's not real. We know that it's fake. We know that it's a game. And we know that teamwork is what's going to get us through. And learning that at such a young age and having that reinforced throughout my life has been one of those lessons that's so important and something that we need to learn and something that we need to reinforce. And I remember going over to a friend of mine's family whose parents played D&D and just being completely blown away because there were all of their kids, all of us and her parents all playing D&D together and having fun and socializing and going through these amazing campaigns that her father had put together. That's magic that helps to bring families together. And to me, that's one of the greatest things about role-playing games is that they bring people together. Now, I mentioned this already a little bit, but I don't think it can be overstated how important a lesson it is. Learning that most of the actions you take, no matter how well thought out they are, the outcomes are often determined by sheer random chance and fate is such an important lesson for life. Because so many of the things that we do are outside of our control, no matter how much we want to pretend that they that we do control them, no matter how much we pr- want to pretend that we can make a difference, the hands of fate will sweep in and take their toll and do the things that they want to do. 
And that's the beauty that these role-playing systems teach us, is that we have these ideas, we have these grand ambitions, we sometimes have these vast plans and strategies, and then everybody rolls ones. And it's okay. It's all right. Failure is always an option. Failure is something that just happens, and you get bummed for a little bit maybe, but you get over it, and you get past it, and you move on. And those lessons, I don't think, get taught in competitive sports as much. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want this to be like an all, like, dandy's awesome and sports ball's bad type of episode. But, you know, most of the things that I've seen people have to unlearn in their adulthood, they learned from various sports ball teams and leagues that they were a part of when they were a kid. Because that artificial concept of both teamwork, where you listen, you obey, and you do as you're told, and the invented rivalries of thing bad because we said thing bad, those are not helpful lessons in life. And I think we need to be very careful how we're teaching those things to our kids and maybe not do that so much. And I think that there's ways to play sports ball without those things coming up. But the brilliance about a role-playing game is that what is rewarded is ingenuity, what is rewarded is creativity and lateral thinking, that while I often have to play the role of the GM, the game master, the person who puts the games together, sometimes these players do things that I never would have thought of. Like, Okay, so we're playing through this game right now, and I like to call it The Strain Comes to Earththon, because the players didn't realize what I was setting up until it was too late, and the town is, like, swarmed with horrors and horror constructs, and they have to kind of fight for survival now, and figure out how they're going to save themselves, the characters that they've come to really like and care about, and the town itself. And it's been really, really fun. And so they went to this part of town and they were saving some people. And then, of course, they get attacked by all of these monsters. And Brian has this, his character has this spell that lets him blow someone back 40 yards. And he decides to pull off this maneuver where he's like, I'm going to, because he's playing a windling, which is like a fairy. And he's like, okay, I'm going to fly between its legs and I'm going to blow it up in the air. And he does and one of the air one of the other characters you know shoots at it with an arrow and then something he didn't even think of the game takes into account falling damage so he knocked this thing 40 yards into the air or that's 120 feet and i I don't know how many meters that is because you know yards to meters that's not a thing i can do in my head real easily but it then fell and basically went splat because that's that's a lot 120 feet that's a 12-story building like that's basically pushing it off of a 12-story building and it went splat and i hadn't conceived of that as being a possibility he forgot that the game took into account falling damage and so it was just this pure happenstance thing and everybody was laughing and clapping and it was just this crazy moment where a zombie went squish and in, in the funniest possible way that a zombie could go squish And that moment will be seared in my head for a really long time. 
because I'm not one of those people who is ashamed of having not real memories. And that's kind of a lesson that I got from playing role-playing games, whether they be on a computer, via an MMO, or a you know game session where you're actually sitting around a table with a bunch of your friends. Those events happened. No, he really isn't a fairy, and he really didn't fly between a zombie's legs and shoot a gust of wind at it that knocked it up in the air and made it fall down and go splat. No, but that scenario did play out. And we all laughed and we had so much fun going through and them trying to save these people, these NPCs that they've come to care about, these characters in the story that they've come to care about. NPC, for people who don't know, that's a non-player character. It's one of those great exhilarating things. And I have so many memories in my life of events that technically never happened because they were either part of a computer simulation or they were part of a tabletop roleplay session or sometimes even a live action roleplay game which is even more fun that's where you actually dress in costume and play play act the whole thing and those are so much fun and those memories are just as valid as memories of my real life now, don't get me wrong, I've never been a thousand-year-old vampire, but I, I have played one in many a LARP, and I have such fun memories and fond memories of hanging out with people and doing that and just going crazy with it. And that's something that you can't take away. And that's, that's precious, because... Not only is this learning to be creative, not only is it learning how to play by rules and manipulate rules to your own advantage, which are immensely important tasks for our lives. Those are things that we have to learn how to do to get by in the world in and of itself. Role-playing games have given me this whole set of memories that are so fantastical from lives that I could never really live because... Like I said, I'm not a thousand-year-old vampire. I've never been a blood elf who is a blood healer in bar save. I've never, you know, I've never been an Urda in Dragonlance. But I have these memories from the point of view of that character as well as from the point of view of the player because I got to experience those stories in real time as they played out. And the camaraderie and the friendships that have developed because of that, th- those are golden and those are precious. And that's, those are things that I never would have had if it wasn't for getting that monster manual all those years ago. So now is where I'm going to actually do a sales pitch. And not because I'm actually selling anything and you don't actually have to buy anything. There are a lot of role-playing games you can play for free. But if you've never played a tabletop role-playing game, Because I think a lot of people have played the computer versions, but if you've never played a tabletop role-playing game, find one. Maybe start with Cypher or with Ryotama or, you know, look into Japanese tabletop games. There are a lot of them out there. Find one that looks interesting to you. The ones, the two that I mentioned, Ryotama and Cypher, they're fairly simple games as far as game mechanics go, and they allow you to do a lot of different things with them. So they might be an easier way in. 
for a lot of people. It's not. It's also not D&D where there are a thousand books that you feel like you're getting into this ecosystem where you have to buy a thousand books to play. But find some friends and try it. Because I think you'll be surprised at what happens when you allow yourself the freedom to imagine being someone else for an extended period of time on a regular basis. It's a great way to blow off steam. It's a great way to connect with the people that you love. And it's a great way to just have fun. So if you haven't tried playing a role-playing game, please do. Because I am so thankful for getting that monster manual all those years ago. And for it introducing me to this wonderful, wacky world of role-playing. It, it has changed my life for the better. And I'm very, very grateful for it. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have and you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate it in whatever app you're listening to me on. That really does help out a lot. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, especially if you're going through NaNoWriMo right now and you would like your experience included in the Friday wrap-up show, I would love to hear from you. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. I really, really love including those. I like including your stories, too. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C.E. Dorset on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you would like to join the project and help support me doing all the things that I do, you'll find links in the show notes to both my Patreon and the community support. That really does help out. And I want to say thank you to everybody who does that. But if you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's fine. But if you know somebody you think would like any of the work that I do, do share it with them. That helps out more than you will ever know. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope your nano is going well. This episode is unfortunately recorded before NaNoWriMo started, so I don't know how I'm doing, but hopefully it's good. And get out there, write all the words, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.